0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Brian Wethington, Managing Principal at River Capital. Brian, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. It's great to be with you.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about River Capital.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brian Wethington. I'm the managing principal of River Capital. River is a, what started as a lower middle market private equity fund, uh, making control investments, uh, meaning you buy the the controlling shares of small, lower middle market businesses, businesses that are sub $30 million in revenue. So kind of from that five to $30 million range. Um, In addition to that, I am uh, the CEO of one of our portfolio companies, Blue Wave Products. Um, Blue Wave is a, um, a consumer products business based here in Chicago, Illinois. Um, we service Amazon, Wayfair, Walmart, Tailors um, with our different product lines, about 3,000 SKUs. Um, we do things like above ground pools, game tables, saunas, consumer discretionary items. I'm also a very active board member of two bridge fabrication businesses. Bridge Brothers, um, based in South Carolina, does steel pedestrian bridges and then Topper Industries that we bought in 21 that does um, aluminum gangways docks, things focused on the marina markets across the coast of the United States. Um, and I also own a business called Tree Leads on Demand, which is a digital and print advertising business that does uh, services the tree business. So kind of in summary, what where, where River started, um, as a private equity firm, really has transitioned more towards what is a, I'd consider a family office. So investing the family's money and continuing to utilize our limited partners that want to do deals with us. And when I say deals, it means doing acquisitions of you know living, breathing operating companies. Um, we don't always serve as management, um, but kind of that private equity family office is bringing a pretty straightforward checklist. Each business is different, but there's generally a pretty straightforward way to professionalize, to systemize, um, to create clean operating systems, clean financial data, so that you can make the right decisions.
1: They say that youth is wasted on the young. I, I, I don't know. It sounds like you've been a very busy man for quite some time now.
0: I have. Yeah. You know, I got, I, I, so I grew up in Atlanta, just a little bit of background. I grew up in Atlanta, um, went to a great school called Love It. Learned a lot of great things like how to study and got a great network of people. Um, Had a little bit of trouble when I was a junior. um, And I I went to a different school, um, which was called Ben Franklin Academy. And it was the perfect transition. I mean, you couldn't draw it up any better. Ben Franklin is what's called an independent school. It's part of Emory um, here Mm -hmm. in Atlanta, which is a great school um, and, and ultimately has a work study program. And so I learned all these great things, had this great network. and then, But I was kind of in a bubble. I feel like most people are, right? There's a, a disadvantage, I think, in the United States education system, whether it's public or private, that no one really teaches you about business entrepreneurship, et cetera. and so I at these very kind of formidable years, I transitioned and I started to work for a senator that was running in in Georgia for governor. Um I got my pilot's license. I started a business, you know and 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 I was involved with this global text project, and you know that was it was transitioning uh. Uh, different books to uh, different languages to be shared around the world. And so I got to meet a lot of people and I got a huge leg up. Most people kind of find that after college. And so I went off to college where I went to the University of Mississippi down in Oxford. um, And it was a great fit for me. But I went off to college with this kind of one thing. I want to be successful. I didn't know what that meant. And I haven't had a lot of mentors over the years, but I had people I looked up to. And the one key thing is they were kind of in business. And so I went to college and I started a few different businesses, started a sizable tailgate business in Oxford that I sold after I graduated, had an apparel business, an entertainment business. You know, a bunch of, I guess people will call them side hustles. They had a little more formality and they actually made money. And so that built a lot of confidence. Um, and honestly, you know, none of this is, I didn't learn it in the textbook. You just kind of pick it up as you go. Life happens when you're out there doing. Um, and so I got all that stuff started and I ended up coming back to Atlanta to join up with, with River. Um, my father uh, had started it with a couple of partners back in 83. I was very fortunate to work with him for nine years until he passed in, in late 21. And I officially took over. Um, but I've done a lot of things in my life, been involved in a lot of businesses. Not all of them have been successful, but I've definitely been busy and I've been kind of doing this since I was 16, 17 years old. And, um, and it's been a wonderful journey so far.
1: Yeah, nothing is more educational than failure, at least if you're paying attention, right? So they can't all be gems. Exactly. What What is the origin story of River Capital? You, your Your father launched it in the early 80s. What's the story there?
0: Yeah, so back in the 80s, River's one of the oldest of its type. Um, you know, guys like Henry Kravis and Steve Schwarzman, you know, big private equity guys. That's when the buyout boom, the leverage buyout boom started. Yeah. Um, KKR and, and uh, Nabisco, you know, Barbarians at the Gate, things like that. Um, and so they started doing minority investments, um, you know, in the Southeast and ultimately graduated very quickly to kind of doing deal by deal. And then they graduated quickly to institutional funds where you raise a committed pool of capital. You go and you buy businesses. We've bought in 40 something businesses um, throughout Southeast, Mid-Atlantic, different markets. Um, but the Southeast and Mid-Atlantic have always kind of been our focus light manufacturing value added distribution some select service um, and generally kind of in those size parameters that i discussed earlier you know you're you're usually looking to back good management um, you know it's always kind of a it's it's a tough balance but ultimately you're dealing with a lot of founder owned businesses these guys and, and women that have have run their businesses for 20 30 years whether it was family before and they took over or they're the first generation and you're trying to handle that delicate transition uh, of power and trying to focus on continuity and legacy and ultimately taking a smaller business or a less sophisticated business and trying to apply some very straightforward concepts um, in, in the different marketplace that they exist and trying to ultimately, you know, preserve, protect those jobs and enhance a company and help help it grow. So that's, that's Genesis.
1: There's, uh, I, I would think in these days, a lot of people are looking over their shoulder because a lot of companies are growing through acquisition and it's not always as uh, friendliest scenario as you, you're you painting in terms of putting positive energy and funds and and structure into a company that's already doing well, but could do better.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. I think in the world that I live in, you know, I think you see more of that cutthroat back office consolidation, bottom line, you know, as you get into the middle and the larger transactions, public entities, et cetera, there's definitely a lot of that that goes on. Um, I think down here in kind of Main Street where we play, um, there's not enough buyers. There's not enough capital. You know, small business in America makes up a huge portion, close to half of the GDP and, and, and not far behind in terms of, of labor. Um, and so I think there's a huge underserved need. You know, the SBA, SBA, Small Business Administration, has a good program with the 7A loan and the 501 loan to do entrepreneurship through acquisition. And they're built for continuity. But outside of that, you know, credit funds, equity funds, everyone's gone upstream. It's become a lot more of a fee business. Um, and, and there's a lot of value you can create down here. And there's a lot of positive that you can create. And so I hope that over time, there'll be more capital that flows into this side of the market because there's a great need for it. They've been talking about the $10 trillion wealth cliff of baby boomers and, and other generations that have owned these assets. And a lot of their net worth and liquidity is tied up in these companies. and most of them won't transact. Um, and so you, there needs to be a, a bigger focus. And so I, I feel good. I feel like I was put here to hopefully do something bigger than myself. I say that with not too much arrogance, trying to live a life of service to the, to the best I can. You don't always get it right. Um, but I, I, I do feel that you can have a positive change through business. It helps give people purpose, helps lift, lift them up. You know as we were discussing earlier there's there's a lot of good that comes from um you know from just enjoying what you do and if i can help facilitate that and bring people with me and do it together i think that you can actually do a lot of good in the country and in the world
1: hey arrogance is merely a matter of perspective right you cannot do what you do without at least some sense of a healthy ego who would want to invest in a guy who doesn't really trust himself and his decisions and right so there's, there's a fine line in terms of whose who's perception of your arrogance there is. I, I know that if I'm investing a, in, in somebody or in an entity, I want to know that they trust themselves and believe themselves even more than I do, right?
0: Great perspective, but it's very true. And probably overlooked.
1: Yeah, a little slippery slope right there. Now, and who are your customers at this point? Who are your clients? Who's investing in River Capital?
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, it was institutions and a lot of kind of higher net worth individuals, you know, doctors, lawyers, business owners, things like that. Really, the next generation forward is is probably a lot of the same. Um, you know, I think we've, we're probably a little, little on the smaller side for the institutional money these days. Um, on the debt side, on the equity side, it's just probably a lot of individuals. So I'd say those are those are my customers.
1: And And what are the most common problems you're solving for them? Yeah, I think you're
0: trying to get, you know, some allocation to the space, right? You know, there's the stock market, there's real estate. Um, you know, there's a lot of different places to to, to try to make money uh, and create yield. I think that small business and private equity uh, have a have always had outsized returns, um, alpha, as they call it. Um, and so I, I do think that there is, although there is a good amount of risk in this asset class, there's a lot of opportunity to make good money. So I think you know you're probably different strokes for different folks but ultimately you're probably trying to drive investment returns for them
1: do i assume correctly that in covid you guys found some remarkable values in companies that were struggling a little bit to sustain themselves through the through the changes
0: yeah you know honestly covid was tough we were pretty busy with our own portfolio so we weren't deploying money in that period but there were certainly plenty of individuals that have taken advantage of Um, the volatility, both good and bad, right? Many, many, many people had COVID booms and the M&A market was at some of its peaks during the COVID years um, and into into 2022. So there's trillions of dollars, what they call dry powder, right? Money that's on the sidelines that has to be deployed, right? These bigger funds, these bigger asset managers have to deploy that capital um, to get their management fees, their returns, and ultimately continue to raise more And so you're always seeing kind of a flow of capital. And so I think there was a lot of people that had good fortune and a lot of people that had bad fortune. And I think there's probably a lot of fraud in between, right, with some of these Triple P programs and the ERTC programs, good programs for businesses to help keep them alive. But there was a lot of money that was sloshed around. Um, It's been interesting to see come from my perch, different businesses that have been unchanged, um, different businesses that have grown and decayed, different businesses that have um, kind of just you know tanks, right? So I see a lot of different companies are looking at a lot of different opportunities involved in a lot of different things. Um, and so I think there's been good fortune and 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 poor fortune for many many different groups of people gotcha.
1: what What differentiates R- river capital in the market? What makes you stand out from your competition? Yeah, I think
0: staying power and legacy a little bit, you know, having sat on the other side of the table for many, business owners right um there is a some people very a very very few want just a check although the money is a driving factor when they exit because they're trying to responsibility take care of their family these people want to see continuity of their business and i think a lot of my maybe my competition not all of them because there's some much smarter people out there than me and my group um but it's a cost cutting it's a a bottom line number and, and all those things are important. Um, I think someone wants to have good continuity. Um, they want to see the legacy continue um, and thrive without them. There's a lot, and there's a lot of it's a very, you have to develop trust, it takes time. Um, I think that we understand that. I think we also have a proven track record, which helps um, that our playbooks work. Again, no one size fits all, but I think that. That continuity and that legacy, we're very much focused on the same thing. We're less of a fix and flipper. I'd rather do fewer opportunities, own more of them, and be more focused on the long term, not three to five-year holds, fix and flip. That's the way I look at it. Perhaps I'm much more entrepreneurial. Um, I also know how hard it is to do this, um, to create value, to try to take an unsophisticated business and try to add some sophistication to it. It's manual, very intensive. And so I think that we understand that. I think we can have those conversations. And I, I personally feel like we're focused on the same end goal, which is legacy and continuity.
1: Hey, you say legacy comes down to you know a brain trust, an idea, some human beings. I, I always say that when businesses decisions are made spe- only based on ones and zeros and spreadsheets, and you forget about that there's a human being at every single node of that, that equation, uh, things tend to get a little murky, but when you when you nurture human relationships and you put the 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 brain power and money where it belongs, the sky's the limit. And it sounds like you're you're committed to nurturing people's ideas and and legacy is an important word.
0: Yeah, you don't you do you, know, you never get it perfect, but people are your business. How you treat them, how you interact with them. Um, I think a lot of times the capital allocator leaves it to management. I think there's a fine balance where you don't want to overstep on your teams that you pay to run your businesses and try to take your ideas. And, but I do think that you got to be on the ground. You got to see these people frequently, you got to build relationships. What's important to them. You know, it's little things too, right? It's not grand gestures all the time. Sometimes it's a pat on the back an acknowledgement. Sometimes it's going to their kids' football games. Sometimes it's, I mean, it's the little things and it's just, it's easy to overlook in this busy life and the, Five to 10 second sound bites. But at the end of the day, people want to feel cared for, uh, nurtured, like they're developing. And I think if you generally approach business with a service mentality, um, it'll take you pretty far, I think.
1: Here, here. All right, uh, switch gears a little bit. What role has content played in the growth of River Capital? How are you telling your story these days?
0: Yeah, I don't think we've done a good job telling our story, candidly. So I think that it, it perhaps creates a, an opportunity for us. Being in that business with uh, brand logic and tree leads on demand, I certainly understand that you know guys like Donald Miller, story brand and, and, and different, it, it's all about how you, how you tell your story. That's what resonates to people. Um, and I'm looking forward to trying to, you know, it's an interesting story. It's relatable. It's, it's, it's family, its legacy, is powerful subjects that I don't think enough people talk about. Um, and so I'm looking forward to, to trying to, to put some real focus on it, because I think that's what ultimately tries to help you stand out in a busy world.
1: Well, as they say, I know a guy. Uh,
0: <laughs> yep.
1: All right. What's your URL? Where can people find River Capital and what social media outlets are using these days as well? Yeah, so uh,
0: the website's www.river-capital.com, C-A-P-I-T-A-L, um, like money. And so, you know, we just refresh the site. They can catch us on there. We have a LinkedIn, you know, not very involved uh, on the rest of the socials. definitely a place where we're gonna put some focus, um, you know, potentially look at a podcast and trying to build out some of the social side as we go into 23 and 24. Um, but, you know, you can reach me personally on LinkedIn or on Twitter. I think there's a great community of people, I guess, X um, in the small business side, um, you know, in the real estate side. There's some really creative people on X. And so that's a good place to interact. So, you know, you can get in touch with me through my email, through my my office, um, through my different companies, socials, but um, or or just directly through the website.
1: Brian Worthington a river of River Capital, I wish you and yours and all of your endeavors all the best in the future. Appreciate you spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas. It's a pleasure. Be well.
0: Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and
1: we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.